So back with me on the Lock to Lock podcast is the 2023 European Rally Champion, World Tour European Rally Champion, New Zealand Rally Champion and New Zealand Hill Climb Champion, Hayden Patton. It's been one of the biggest seasons to date with some amazing successes. So congratulations for that. I know you're not one to look back too often, but do you get some time now to look back on the year and think about your success on a positive note? Well, thanks for the intro. You've been practicing that, haven't you? But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been a good year, obviously. Um, it's been a busy year. It's, it's hard to believe how fast the year's gone, how many planes have been on, how many rallies we've done. Don't, I wouldn't say I'm burnt out, but um, yeah, I'm not really the one to sit around and recharge the batteries either. I just want to keep going. So it's just a matter of looking forward to 24 now. Obviously, the biggest success this year was the European title, which I was fortunate enough to be there alongside for as well. Well, you don't remember the Sunday night. You were there in person, but you weren't there in mind. <laughs> we'll Best get onto that. I want a chance to defend myself. <laughs> um, it's everything that goes into these international rounds. Like it's not just the driving, but it's the travel, the testing, the recce, the actual event itself. Does that make it more special at the end when you have to put in so much for it all to happen? Uh, yeah, it's a massive team effort. Obviously, once we're over there, it's working with the team. It's obviously what our team's doing on the ground here in New Zealand to prepare for it as best as we can. The hardest thing by far this year, though, is a travel. We've never travelled that much in a year before. Even obviously, when when we used to be in WRC, I used to live in Germany. Uh, now I, I want to live in New Zealand and I want to travel. Uh, so I think this year we did up to twelve New Zealand Europe return flights. Uh, you know, doing two or three is tough enough, let alone twelve. And we we're going back and forth, ten days in Europe, ten days in New Zealand. So about four months through the mid part of the year, there I was. We we're pretty much living in a constant jet lag, and that was pretty tough. So um, yeah, some lessons learned from that because I, you know, I think I, d I wasn't probably at my sharpest by the time we got to the end of the season. Um, just sleep deprivation and a little bit worn out, and the health wasn't where it should have been. So um, some lessons for that to make sure we don't do that again. By the way, it's very hot in here. I'm sweating in my hoodie. That was a bad choice. Well, that's you. You've made many bad choices. Now that's, that's not the first one. <laughs> Um, there's obviously been a lot of discussion both back here and internationally about maybe your driving maturity this year. Like, not you went a spring chicken prior to this, but obviously, do you feel more comfortable behind the seat? Like, you're driving at a level that it seems to come very naturally now. That's the beauty of getting older as you get wiser. So, that's why I keep telling myself anyway. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think now you definitely learn to take a pill, you learn when to push, when not to push. You learn to not take it to heart if you're not necessarily the fastest on every stage. You know, when you're young, you just want to be fast everywhere. And when you're not, it goes to your head and then you overdrive or you make mistakes. Now you just take it on a chin and, and you just, you're realistic to know at the end of the rally, it's actually completely irrelevant uh, what happened on one particular stage or one particular corner or even the championship. If you win the championship, even what happened on a rally, as long as you, you tick those goals off. So I think I've learned to take a lot of that a lot better now. And, you know, I think driving wise, in our sport, as long as you've got experience and you know where that line is of, of performance, it's just about trying to be at that performance all the time and not go over. It's very easy to overdrive the cars and go slower, so it's about just trying to know and feel what the speed is like. Um, something I don't think generally gets discussed enough, especially over here, is the the crowds that you have in Europe. Like for me, being at that ceremonial start and the first stage at Czech, it was like it's like being at Bathurst. There's like two hundred thousand people there. They're all drunk. They're all in foreign accents. It's Careful, they're not all drunk. Ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? I don't know. In other sports, 
I've seen like SVG talk about Bathurst in the same way that when you have that amount of people, it, it doesn't make you drive harder, but it just you feel like you're performing because there's a crowd. Do you perform better with the big crowds, or I wouldn't say you perform any better or worse. It's just it's just probably a, a more Jack. You should know to turn your phone off in a podcast. Come on, and it's even a Christmas song. <laughs> God, I feel sick. Um, no, it's just it's just. It's cool part of the the atmosphere. Everyone's enjoying it. Everyone's really passionate about, it, which we don't see in New Zealand. So obviously, we we obviously get some spectators out here, but the Kiwi way is very standbackish, and obviously to sit there and enjoy it. Overseas, everyone gets in on it. You can see they're excited. They're waving flags, they're shouting, as you say, they're partying. Um, it's just a cool atmosphere. And for me, because we've been over there for so many years now, it's, it's somewhat normal. But I remember when we first went over, it was a real sort of stand back moment like wow okay not only is there a lot of people they're actually pretty close to the road sometimes uh and but over time you learn from our side you have to block that out you know if you're worrying about that you're going to drive slower but it's just a special feeling when you're amongst all that and people are there to watch you and it's just yeah it's a humbling thing one thing i I wasn't there for the full season so i don't know the full scope of it but that opening stage at czech republic it was so late at night. Like you didn't start the stage until I think eleven o'clock or something. Midnight. Yeah, that was crazy. But just to give like a behind the scenes sort of scoop, you actually went to sleep. Well, we only got to Europe uh, what five days before that, so the jet lag was still in. And uh, the beauty of the jet—I don't actually fight the jet lag. It just means you sleep at a different time. And I'm not normally a morning person, but with the jet lag, I'm up at four o'clock in the mornings going out for a run. And by the time we get to stage one, I'm ready to go. So it's quite the opposite to what I normally am. So, uh, yeah, five days in, and then, of course, with the stage being at midnight, I was ready to go to sleep at 6 o'clock. So I think I went to sleep at 7, had went to bed for three or four hours, woke up, went out and did the super special stage. I don't really remember it, but obviously we did it. And then uh, tried to get back to sleep afterwards again, but then you only went to sleep for two hours, and then you went out for the rally. So, uh, yeah, it's a unique situation. I'm not an expert, but that doesn't sound safe to not remember doing the Oh, no, I was there. I was there in person, and uh, (laughs) the adrenaline was going. The the adrenaline is a very powerful tool, and it it just wakes you up and brings you back to life. And uh, at the end of that, it's my happy place. So whether I'm half asleep or awake, makes no difference. Throughout that whole campaign, I think it's interesting to note in Europe, they sort of do it differently where like you did a stage for the Colosseum and like that ceremonial start I touched on before, it's monumental. Is that something we should be bringing back to New Zealand? Like with your knowledge and experience over there, do you think we'd benefit from that? There's lots of things we see around the world um, from Europe and even other parts of the world of how they run their national rallies, national championships. And, and there's no right or wrong no matter where you go in the world, but there is lots of lessons that we can learn and we can see, you know, okay, obviously it's a different a different market over there, you've got more people, but still the, the sport's going to the people a lot more than compared to what it is in New Zealand, and, and I feel that's something that we could, you know, it could be the next step on how we take the sport to another level here and how we get more than just the motorsport community involved. Here in New Zealand, we actually need to get the public more involved, get the public excited, get the public to the events. Then it drives up commercial investment, it drives up hospitality, it drives up media, it drives up everything. So to do that, we've got to bring the rally to the people. We've got to run little super special stages. We've got to have it so it's accessible, the service parks or whatever it may be. And, and some of these super specials that we did, uh, they're nothing. They're, they're a 500 metre straight piece of road in the middle or in, in a commercial area of a town. And all they do is put out some barrels, some chicanes. You know, the mindset that we probably have here is that we have to create a proper stage in a township. We don't. You need just a, a little piece of tarmac, put a show on, put some concrete barriers around the outside, put your corporate tents up. And you got to show, and it's it's not about what the drivers want. For us as a drivers, we just got to suck those super specials up because we know we're doing them for a reason, 
Uh, you're never going to win a rally on them. Okay, you can lose a rally or a wheel, um, but they're, they're, it's all about a showpiece and it's about putting a show on for the people. So that's what we need to do in our sport and um, it'd be good to see that sort of embraced a little bit more in New Zealand because I think we have the opportunity to do it here. It's hard to gloss over the fact that you spent most of the year with BRC Racing, the Italian-based team. So firstly, are you sick of pasta yet? No, because I do good pasta. There's no such thing as too much good pasta. So no, that's good, the Italians. And how's that experience been working with the, I guess you didn't really know them prior to the season, right? They're, they're new faces. No, I knew of the team, obviously, because I've been involved with Hyundai Motorsport quite a bit, but I didn't know any of the, the people personally. So it was good to get on with them. And uh, from my time when I lived in Italy for a couple of years, I've sort of learned a little bit of the lingo in terms of I know what the swear words are and, and bits and pieces. I can't have a conversation, but at least I can try and make a fool of myself and blend in. Uh, but I actually, I love the Italian culture. I love the Italian people. I love... Italy as a place to rally is just amazing. Just so much passion for rallying. Um, I'd say Italy is probably one of my favourite countries in, in, in Europe, so it's quite fitting that we're then running with an Italian team, which was, um, I guess, a bit more by chance. Within that ERC series, there are obviously some characters like Bernardo and I forget the name, but the, the French fella. Well, Bernardo's a French fella. But <laughs> Another French fella. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Francesca. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like obviously some great personalities. But for yourself, you you sort of resonated with the presenters over there and you had some good moments on live TV, which was obviously great for us back at home at three o'clock in the morning. Why do you think they sort of came to you for the content and like that fence moment that you definitely hit the fence, but you kind of didn't? No idea. Maybe because we speak English as our first language. I, I don't know. Uh, like, I, like we've built pretty good relationships. At the end of the day, everyone involved in the promoters are a lot of the same people that we were involved with in the WRC. So whether it's Bex or Julian, and it's just cool to reconnect with some of those people. You know, it's four or five years since we were there, and um, to reconnect with them and get along. And uh, at the end of the day, our sport, we're obviously for us, we're there as drivers because we win. We want to win. You know, we're competitive. But as a sport, we're there to put on a show and. Put on a show means focusing on the moments or the ups and downs, and um, I think the ERC provided quite a lot of it this year. There was, you know, not one person winning all the rallies. It was varied. You had locals coming in on particular rallies. There was a few accidents and bits and pieces. So in that sense, I think the ERC provided a spectacle, uh, which made it interesting for people to watch. Now, going back to a point earlier, there's been some photos that yourself and Mike have been spreading. Don't bring me into this. Oh, you've definitely been spreading. From Czech Republic. I didn't take the photos. And, I mean, it's not often I get a platform to defend myself. Well, there is no defense. So you are comed on the hotel floor <laughs> at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I won't even go into the photos from the club the night before. <laughs> but, to be fair, you just won a European title and one of us had to celebrate. Yeah, we all celebrated, but the rest of us could hold our own. And we weren't on the floor afterwards and we could remember it. So, well, that's all right, Jack. We'll, we'll train you. We'll train you up over the next year and get you better at that. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> um, how much did you learn this year, not only overseas, but being back in New Zealand? Like, I guess for yourself, you already, you've talked about previously how every time you're in a car, you're learning something, but is there some major factors from this year that you've learned to bring back into 2024? Uh, the biggest thing's been the car. Obviously, this has been our first full season in the Hyundai Rally 2 uh, that we've used in both New Zealand and Europe. So 
obviously with the AP4 we had here prior, there wasn't really much we can do because we'd sort of developed it over a period of time. Uh, whereas with the Rally 2, we've sort of started from scratch. And um, the, the, the jump we made from last year to this year was huge. And we can see that in the results as well. Um, but now it's that constant push to go, okay, we want to find more. And, and obviously there's limitations when you're talking, there's obviously everything's homologated on the car. So the freedom's not like what an AP4 is, but you're always learning, developing. And then it's also about, you know, even bringing your driving a little bit to the car as well. So um, for sure, there's more performance in myself. It's more performance in the car. Um, and that's what, you know, I guess excites me for 24. I don't like doing the same old all the time. It's about trying to find that next step. Um, obviously it's been chaos this year with, flights from Europe to New Zealand and vice versa and doing plenty of events around the world. I guess why did you choose to do so much in a year like it's been mental? Because I love a challenge and I get bored very easily. So um, it was actually quite funny because when we sat down at the start of the year with all the dates and, and went through the calendar and put it all in, it actually all works. Oh yeah, that works in Portugal that week and the next week in um, Whangarei, yeah, that works. And then Canary, yeah, that's fine, it works on the calendar. But when you actually do it in practice, especially there was a couple of flights we got delayed by 24 hours and bits and pieces. Uh, it sort of gets a little bit chaotic, but to be honest, I love a chaotic life that's in control. And I, for me this year, it was all more or less under control. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, if I can do the same again, I will. And um, yeah, as long as just keep me busy and keep me in a car and I'm happy as Larry. Then back in New Zealand, obviously you did four rounds of the national championship, a five round series, but that must have added a different element in terms of We've already talked about the sort of expectation to win or whatever, but there was two new rounds in there. It's the best roads in the world. Is that something that you enjoyed throughout the season coming back here and doing those events? From a pure driving perspective, you can't go past New Zealand Rally Championship, best roads in the world, some of the best rallies. So obviously where we grew up and this is home, so of course you love it here. Uh, there is the other side, obviously we have to compete here for our sponsors. Um, you know, there is sometimes some debate locally, you know, why do we need to be competing here? Um, at the, ultimately, at the end of the day, if we don't compete here, we don't have our New Zealand sponsors. 100% of our funding comes out of New Zealand because they're not interested if we only compete on the other side of the world. They're not going to get bang for their buck. So we've got to do that for that. Um, obviously, I want to drive uh, here as well. But there, there is the aspect that it, it is a bit more mentally draining here and the fact that we have nothing to gain and everything to lose and there is an element of the tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand where people want to celebrate if you don't do well or if you fail and, and uh, you always feel that pressure uh, I guess and to, to try and avoid that so hey that's Kiwi culture it's always been like that in, in sport um, do I enjoy it no I don't enjoy the tall poppy stuff uh, and all the rumors and the bits and pieces always going around where we're just trying to do our best job here we're trying to do enjoy it we're trying to build a business. Um, everyone thinks, you know, we've got all these funds and endless budgets. It's nothing like that whatsoever. Uh, if anything, that's a compliment to show that maybe it looks like we're doing the right things. Um, but behind the scenes, it's nothing like that at all. It's nothing but stressful and hard work by everyone in their team. All our guys here, uh, all eight people are all working tirelessly, long days, long nights. Um, and it reflects and it affects them as well. Like when there is rumours and bits and pieces going around, it's not just me, it's um, maybe getting to it. It might be the guys who are working all day, you know. For us to win, the effort is no less than anyone else because our guys still have to pour 50 to 100 hours of maintenance into the car, the prep, the cleaning, the pack in the trucks, everyone who goes and travels to the rallies to go away from their family, their family, their friends, everything. The commitment's exactly the same, if not more. So, But hey, that's, that's life. I just... I've learned to take it a little bit more on the chin, um, but you know, it affects, as I say, everyone in our team as well. Luckily, I get to edit this podcast so we can cut out whatever I say. But 
We're not saying anything, so there's nothing to cut out. So it's easy. Um, the last run at Bay of Plenty, obviously, there's no doubt that SVG drove phenomenally, but something that wasn't highlighted that it wasn't smooth running for you during the day. Like, oh, we def- like there's no doubt you can't take it away from Shane. Uh, he he's been doing awesome, but there's an element where I just got to bite my bite my lip, and you know we didn't have the best of rallies, but that's rallying. If that's our bad day, then we'll certainly take it. But I know, like, after that rally in particular, I didn't go read anything. I knew people were celebrating that we didn't win a couple of stages, and yeah, I didn't read any of the social media. I just stayed away from it. And that's the easiest way to deal with it because you know there's people out there that want to hate uh, for any any excuse that they can get. And I just avoid those sort of, sort of situations. So, um, And, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're not comparing apples with apples with cars as well. We know the differences between cars, but, again, we'll bite our tongue and we just focus on what we do and what we control. Um we still won the rally. We still won the championship. We, we took to the boxes. Shane did an awesome job, which is great for our sport as well because he's bringing more people in to come watch it. And obviously he's loving it. Um, to be honest, I'd love it if he was, obviously he's busy in America, but I'd love if he was doing a full national championship because as competitors, we all thrive off competition and that's not taking anything away from anyone. I think everyone's doing a great job in NZRC. But Shane, I think we could have a proper battle over a season and, and then that would push me to another level and, and it'd be a, a proper, I think, a good battle. So hopefully one day in the future when Shane's done in America and hopefully I'm not too old, we can do that again. <laughs> we can revisit it. I'd definitely be all for that. Um, but I think in general, it's good for the sport and there's just times in sport, whether it's here or overseas or, or anything, you just got to bite your tongue. At the end of the day, in a week's time, everyone's forgotten about it anyway. So Avoiding controversy, I wanted to ask you, not your favourite event, because that does stir the pot a little bit, but if you had to do like a, a morning loop of a rally, what four sort of stages would you choose to be in that morning loop? Jesus Christ, that's a hard question. You know how many hundreds of stages we've done? Um, I'm all for long stages. I like long stages, so anything over 20 kilometres uh, minimum, so 20 to 40k. Uh, four stages of big distances, then you've got to manage your tides, you've got to manage your strategy, um, like... Fungo Coast is not one of my favourite stages, uh, but it's a good stage for tactics, and especially if you've got lots of Tiakia North or Tiakia South after it, you got to think about the loop. If you threw in, like you see, you go, say, Fungo, Tiakia South, then Curry Bush, so you throw a fast finish one in there, um, and then probably one of the daybreaker stages, one of those really tight, narrow, twisty stages, so a real big variety, real challenge. In, in theory, it sounds good. And if you actually did it, you wouldn't like it because you have no tyres left on the car. You'll probably have no fuel. But um, no, I like long, challenging stages. That's where you can make a difference uh, in, in our sport. Probably the events that excite the team and definitely myself the most was coming to the end of the year. We did the likes of Ashley Forest and Wimity 50. But I wanted to touch on the AP4 Hellcon car because it's like wild. And like any motorsport, you don't know what it's like until you're in the car. But even for you, that you're always under control and everything's all good. But coming down the hill at Ashley, it still must feel like you're moving. Yeah, well, let's face it, though. You're a pansy when you get in the car. <laughs> you're screaming like a little girl and everything. But um, the more you drive it, the easier. It doesn't seem that fast. I want more power. Like we really got, when we wind it up, we've got 700 horsepower. So it's not huge, but it's about a good power for us to have good traction. Yeah, it's a beast of a car, but it's actually a very basic car. It's the exact rally spec AP4 car, and all we do is we put a bigger motor in it. So we go from 1.8 to 2.1, obviously no turbo restrictor, bigger turbo, a bigger rear wing, 
and maybe a couple of winglets around the front to try and get a bit of downforce, and that's it. The drive line, the actual car, it's not lighter, so it's quite heavy. That's our biggest downfall uh, is it's 12.50 kilo. So really going forward, like if we're ever in a financial position, I'd love to build a space frame, 1,000 uh, kilo, eight to 900 horsepower hill climb car, and then you're going to be shifting. So, um, but then, but, according to social media, we're already in that position. So. Oh, are we? You, you believe everything on social media. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that car, it's, it's just basically a rally car with a bigger motor and a bit more power. But it does everything right because we've developed it as a rally car. So it handles, it brakes, it's got traction. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a lot of uh, Like, I love it. Like, um, as I said, you could always do more. But when you compare, you know, like we did this year, we did Daybreaker the week after Ashley. And obviously, driving the Rally 2 car is awesome. But after getting out of 700 horsepower, it's quite dull. So the big horsepower stuff is what I love, but it's also it's a good spectacle when spectators come up to Ashley and, and especially people who are maybe not involved in the sport and they see us or Sloan or Neil Webb or any of those big horsepower cars, that's the stuff that makes them stand back and put their um, hairs up on the back of their neck and go, wow. Whereas a Rally 2 car, I don't know if it would do that to the general public if they went out in, in the middle of nowhere they're watching. Obviously, they're cool, but it doesn't maybe have that wow factor. And I keep using this example like, I wouldn't be involved in rallying without my dad. And dad didn't get involved in rallying um, through his family. There was no one else in the family doing it before him. He got involved because he went to rally New Zealand in the 80s. He saw the Group B cars in person, thought, wow, I've got to do this. He had that wow factor and he started rallying. So we need that wow factor for the future of the sport as well to get more people, to get the public and everything involved. And those Ashley Forest type of Waimati events, single venue, awesome for hosting people. It's easy. You're not having to send people out into the WAPs, and they've got to find their way around. Obviously, us diehard rally people, we love that. But from the future of the sport, not rallying, but rally sprint and hill climbs, I think it'd be great to see more of those events. If there's more of those events, then there's more reason for people to build more 800,000 horsepower cars. And then all of a sudden, you know, at the moment, there's sort of Sloan and us. So there's two of them on events. You imagine if we, in the few next few years, you can go to events and there's 10 of those sort of cars. Sort of going back to the race at Sky Days, you know, you get. Maybe some people from Japan, some people from Australia, a real variety of cars. That's cool. And even now, I must say, everyone always talks to me and always asks about Race to the Sky. People when, you know, I go out and have a game of golf on a club day and you're speaking to some people who have nothing, no idea about motorsport, they go, oh, is Race to the Sky still around? People always talk about Race to the Sky because it was different. It was unique. It had so much variety. There was obviously some high-profile drivers that come and did it. So there's a lot of potential with that side of the sport, which... I'd like to try and exploit over the next coming uh, coming years. And yeah, like you say, the excitement factor, you never know who's going to win. So even for us, there's no guarantee, especially Ashley when it's a knockout format. You could be the fastest person all day, but if you make one mistake or one thing on the car fails, you're gone, you don't win. So, um, you know, we had that at Waimedi this year with a bit of a, an incident, shall we say, and our day was done. So that's, that's the beauty of the sport as well. So as a year in review, would you consider this to be the most successful season you've had? Yeah, result result wise, hundred percent to win the championships that we did, win the rallies. Not won the Bloster, but I think our podium rate this year was eighty five percent out of all events we did around the world, and that was including circuit racing. So, in that respect, yeah, definitely it wasn't perfect for sure. I'd like to win more rallies, and that'd be the next step if if we can get back to the European Championship next year. I'd like the target to try and win more rallies. Um, but yeah, for such a busy program, full on program, uh, definitely the most successful result wise. And so can you give us any hint on what we're doing next year? I don't even know. Well, I don't know either. When I know, you'll know. Well, then can we just make something up? <laughs> you can make up whatever you want. Insert caption here. <laughs> we're doing Dakar. <laughs> All right, if you want. Dakar's definitely on the bucket list one day, but not right now. 
No, like I'd love to do European Championship again, but the reality is we don't have the budget at the moment. So um, we can see already through talks I've been having over the last couple of months, there's a bit of pain within New Zealand business. That's going to reflect on a lot of things in sport in terms of sponsorships or support, and, and we're seeing a bit of that at the moment. So um, yeah, we have to see how the next couple of months go, and hopefully we can get something together. And yeah, if, if we can't build on this year to at least sustain what we did this year and, and try and do try and do the same, but let's see what Santa Claus puts under the tree. And last question, obviously, all going well or not well or whatever, our first event would be a Targa Rally, like you've always got to be at a Targa Rally. But not prior... Not necessarily. Oh, please be a Targa Rally. Well, European Championship Rally is the same weekend. Hungary or Otago? Otago. Well, that's, <laughs> that's... It's not your or my decision, unfortunately, <laughs> so... And we didn't set the calendars, so we'll have to see what happens. But outside of that, what does the next sort of three or four months look like for you? And especially over Christmas, what do you do to sort of reset and get back into 2024? To be honest, right now, this period, we're sort of just waiting for some answers. So while I'm waiting for some answers, there's a little bit of uh, in standby mode. So once we get some answers, then it's flat out over Christmas, New Year with the planning, the budget, uh, it's the logistics planning we've got to do with the team, uh, test programs, um, Obviously, the guys in the workshop, Mike and Ben, uh, they're going to be busy rebuilding cars. Um, depending on when our first rally is, we might start testing as early as February. We want to do some development testing. Yeah, April, which will be the first rally, whether that's New Zealand or European, is going to come around very, very quickly. Um, we've still got a lot of sponsor negotiations to do. We've got to finalise all that. Then we've got to go through and we're probably going to do a full rebrand next year. So we've got to go through and redesign everything, get approval on everything, and then, of course, try and carry on the business side of things in terms of getting customers here and, and prepare customer cars also for the first rallies and races. And yeah, we're obviously only eight people here. So um, in New Zealand context, we're probably a bigger team, but in terms of globally and what, we're in, what we've taken on, we're a small team. So it means it's going to be a pretty busy year. So basically what I'm saying is your next three weeks holiday, enjoy it. Because <laughs> when, when we come back, we're going to be busy. So you're not going to be at any festivals over the summer? I don't do festivals. I bought a ticket to Coldplay next year though, so. Oh dear God, let's end it there. <laughs> right, Coldplay music? No. <laughs> All right, that can be your, your outro. Okay, thank you. Good night. Bye. <laughs>